Hey, Mark. Yes. It was just the 4th of July last Wednesday. Right. Independence Day for the United States. And I was wondering, what is the best America movie? I mean, I was trying to think about it. And the answer I would have given independent of this episode is probably National Treasure. At least my favorite. Because it incorporates both history that is mostly fake and some real fun times. All right. It's it's just a treasure hunting movie, but it has a veneer of American history on top. It's got a lot of American history in there. Yeah. For sure, but not all of it is very, uh, accurate. Most of it is right-ish. Yes, that's the thing. A lot of it is right-ish American history. Yeah, my first thought is always 1776, which I adore. Yeah. The musical about the writing of the Declaration of Independence. Kind of the prequel to National Treasure, if you will. Do they talk about the map? Do they have the cryptographer that- Cryptographer? Cartographer there? It's in the deleted scenes on the DVD version. Oh, good. You you gotta get the Criterion edition. It's a full song number, right? Yeah, they've got a a whole song. uh, We're writing the map. Yeah. We're writing out the map. Map, map, to the treasure that we hid. It's all very straightforward. Yeah. Uh, Love 1776. The other one I thought of was Miracle. Terrific movie about the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Oh, yeah. I watched that as part of my my class on American foreign policy. Yeah. Sports are part of politics. Yeah. It's a big part of it. But, I mean, it's not just sports. It's, like, culture in general. Yeah. Because ballet was a big part, too. And even jazz and yeah. got wrapped up into that. Playing chess. Oh, yes. But I love Miracle. Miracle is a terrific America movie. It's not just a sports movie. It is a movie about the thrill of teamwork and human spirit and also beating the Soviets. I mean, that's what most sports movies are about. Except the Soviets part only applies to a few. A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, quite a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, America, some great movies. Okay. Okay. It's time for Heart Upon This. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger. And this is a podcast where we delve deep into cinematic love stories to answer the age-old question. Does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? Are these dang people actually dateable? Whoa. Or are they even likable? You know, Mark, it doesn't matter if the romance is a main plot or if it's a one-scene flirtation. We're going to dig in and see what's there. And I'll tell you, this is probably the thinnest romance we've ever looked at. As Will wrote the script for me to say, who boy. Who boy. Yeah, we're belatedly celebrating the 4th of July by looking at one of the most earnestly patriotic movies ever to not feature an army. Or a sports team. Yeah, true. John Turtletop's 2004 history scavenger hunt, National Treasure. I would be shocked if there's any of you listening that have not watched this movie. I feel like it was weirdly definitive in the year that it came out. 2004? In 2004, I feel I didn't like... actually see it until 2005 because I remembered that I saw it on the day of George W. Bush's second inauguration. Yeah, I think I saw it in theaters, but I also... It was well, I saw it in theaters. It was just towards yeah. the tail end of its run. Oh, yeah. The thing with this movie is it's just so inoffensive and also close enough to being, like, about history that it was really common on, like, a long school bus ride in eighth grade. We yeah. watched National Treasure. Like, even on church camp bus rides, like, National Treasure was a very common movie. Because there's no reason situation. to be mad at it. Yeah, there's nothing offensive at all. There's one guy who dies, but he falls into a bottomless pit, so you don't see a bottom. Yeah, I don't even think they say the word damn in this movie. I don't know. If they do, it's with a British accent and you can't trust foreigners. Right. I think that's why this movie is as 
pervasive as it is. Yeah, and the movie was originally developed to be like a big summer tentpole, and the timing didn't work on that. It wound up coming out in November, but it still kind of had that vibe of an all-ages family adventure. Yeah. We talked with Matt on our Raiders of the Lost Ark episode about how there haven't been a lot of successful imitators of the kind of Indiana Jones formula, and I think this is one of the best ones, where it is that kind of history-infused adventure movie that works for an entire family. Yeah, it's definitely going for that. I mean, it's even less offensive than Indiana Jones. Right, and it was really successful in that too. It had a $100 million budget, it opened to $35 million and went on to gross $173 million domestic so that they made a sequel. National Treasure Book of Secrets about the book of secrets that the president has revealing everything the country has done. I definitely watched that one in theaters. Oh boy. Yeah. But the real question is, hashtag where's National Treasure 3? Where is National Treasure 3? They keep insisting that they're working on it. Like the writers and John Turtletop keep insisting that they're trying to make it happen, but that these scripts are hard to make because you've got to make the puzzle. I mean, also, a lot of it is because the, at least this is what I've heard, is because the Sorcerer's Apprentice or whatever just well, bombs just so hard. Nicholas, so this is the first of three movies that John Turtletop made with Nicolas Cage. National Treasure, National Treasure Book of Secrets, and The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which, to put it lightly, did not make much money for Disney. How much did it actually lose? I'm gonna check. And of course, since then, Nicolas Cage has not exalted himself with the choice of films that he's been working on, so he's not the kind of person that studios are rushing to bankroll with a $100 million movie, and at the same time, these scripts are kind of hard to make. The movie originally went into development in 1999, but that was five years before the movie came out because in the process, nine different people were hired to write it. And not all of those people were credited, but they did end with three credited screenwriters and two more people credited on story. So this is a movie that took a lot of cooks to make happen, and it's kind of remarkable the script works as well as it does. Yeah, just checked. Sorcerer's Apprentice, production budget, $150 million. Oh, wow. Domestic total gross. I want to say... 55 63 okay and uh so not great no foreign 152 so worldwide is 215 million oof yeah not amazing not great has anyone seen that Actually, the sorcerer's apprentice yeah but seriously for this one let me know if you've seen this hashtag really i've seen curious. puss in boots let us know yes okay back on track national yeah. treasure national treasure it's the story of a family that is trying to find a treasure. The whole backstory of the movie is that... Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer is in our first scene. He's in one scene. They got him for a day to tell the backstory of this movie in a good-sounding voice. Yeah. Where he was basically hired to be a voice actor. To make this movie sound sane. Yeah. So Christopher Plummer explains to young Nicolas Cage that many years ago... During the Crusades, Knights of the First Crusade looted a bunch of stuff from Jerusalem and then just started looting more stuff throughout their journeys. They formed the Knights Templar. They had this big treasure and they're like, wow, this treasure is too amazing for any one person to hold. So they agreed to defend it together. They brought it to the Western Hemisphere. As the Freemasons. As the Freemasons, right. Then... As the Freemasons, they wanted to hide it from the British during the War for Independence, so they hid it, and they made a secret map to where it was. And in 1832, Charles Carroll gave a note to Christopher Plummer's ancestor saying, here's how to find it. The secret lies with Charlotte. Yeah, it's like his coach driver or something. Yeah, uh, Christopher Plummer's ancestor played an assistant to Charles Carroll. By the way, Charles Carroll of Carrollton. He was the last living signer of the Declaration, which is why he was the last person who knew the secret. Yeah. And he also, by the way, is from the great state of Maryland. He's the only Catholic signer of the Declaration of Independence. And Nicolas Cage's character, Benjamin Franklin Gates, later went on to attend a university founded by Charles Carroll's brother, John. Oh, yes, indeed. Yeah. 
We are co-Georgetown alums with the distinguished Benjamin Franklin Gates. He and I both studied American history at Georgetown, so we're kind of the same person. Me and conspiracy-seeking Nicolas Cage. Yeah, this podcast is basically just a way to fund Will's treasure hunting expeditions. So if you find our Patreon account, you can give money to support Will finding the national treasure. You can find us at patreon.com slash square apron. I'm trying to raise money to buy the URL for the fake square apron site. So that we can then establish a separate Patreon to start funding the podcast and Will's treasure hunting. Exactly. The very convoluted process. So actually I found a PDF of one of the earlier drafts of the script and in that version the movie ends with them like not getting any money from the treasure and then at the end of the movie Agent Sadusky from the FBI brings them in because the president has heard a rumor about another treasure and wants them to look into it and Riley's like well this time we gotta make some of this money. Is it weird that they gotta keep some of the money? It's very weird that they got to keep some of the money. No. Yeah. Now of course Riley only got half of one percent. Yeah I mean I guess in theory they own it's being it? held by nobody yeah so i guess like i don't know what the finders keepers law in this situation is but maybe they own it and are donating all of it except for however much they wanted to sell i think that's what they did yeah. they basically took it as finders fees hmm. who knows yeah anyway let's uh let's talk about this movie so we again at heart of podness only talk about romance so while there is a grand history adventure taking place in this movie which i like a lot this is a movie that is very difficult to explain but also very simple you can be like he steals the declaration to find treasure but that tells you very little about what happened yeah like we watched the trailer for this movie and it's a bad trailer a bad trailer because this is such a hard movie to sell yeah. So we will just be focusing on the romance between Nicolas Cage, who plays, again, Benjamin Franklin Gates, and Diane Kruger, who plays Abigail Spencer. Yes. This will probably be a short episode. We shall see. <laughs> I'm I, sure yeah. I can find something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything we know, it's Will can talk. But boy, is there not a lot of romance in this movie. All right. So let's start with point number one. When Ben has already discovered that The map they need is on the back of the Declaration of Independence. So he and his associate Riley go to the National Archives to meet with the director of the archives, Abigail Spencer, to try and get access to the Declaration. Described by Riley as a very cute man, because clearly they did no research beforehand. Which is crazy that they don't know they're going to be meeting a woman because they must have had to go through some real hoops to get all the way to the director of the National Archives. Is she the director? I thought she was lower level. I assumed she was in charge because she has access to the declaration. She's got to be fairly high. I don't know. I always thought it was like the head of the preservation wing or something. Oh, that works. But yeah, clearly they did no research because they're talking about how they're going to meet this bald old man or something. And then when she walks in, Riley says like, oh, a very cute man. And I was just like, girl, you didn't prepare at all for this meeting. It's worth noting, Ben also gets this meeting under the name Paul Brown because he realizes the historical community has no respect for his family of conspiracy theorists who spend all their time trying to convince people that there's buried treasure from the founding fathers okay but at the same time can we talk about this the one clue they have is the secret lies with charlotte so like how much have they really been able to talk about well they talk about the legend 
Yeah, that's, that's the thing true. is they pitch the legend and then you're not just investigating Charlotte, you're investigating the Freemasons, you're investigating historical figures who are known Masons, where might they have hidden it? So you can do pretty sprawling research, it's just not focused, right? which contributes then to the conspiracy-minded thinking because you don't know what's important and what's not. Yeah. So you have to assume everything is important. But John Voight's character... His... Patrick Henry Gates? Yeah, Patrick Henry Gates. Oh, God. Uh, Benjamin Franklin Gates' father is like, there's always more clues. It's like you find one clue and then it just takes you to another one. And I he actually like, argues that the treasure was a myth designed to distract the British during the war. Right. But this is the only clue they've ever had, so I don't know what he's basing that argument on. I think it's, again, the idea that, like, you can't really know what's a clue. Because what if you yeah. find something that seems weird? Maybe that's a clue from, like, down the line. Right. And you start trying to follow that. And then you find something else. It just feels like he's, like, I've spent my whole life chasing clues. And I'm like, all right, y'all. Chase, chasing leads might be a better mm -hmm. word. Yeah. But I was just like, y'all, you, you never got past the one slip of paper that was given to you a hundred years ago. Yeah. So, anyway, they get into the meeting. And Ben immediately starts by trying to identify Abigail's accent. And failing. And fails, yes. Yes, Pennsylvania Dutch, but she's from Saxony, Germany. Which is where Diane Kruger is really from. Right. But she is American. She yes. She makes it very clear. I I am an American. I just yeah. wasn't born here. A timely message for us all. But then he starts appreciating her collection of Washington campaign buttons. Which are not a thing. Yeah, I was going to ask. Washington didn't have campaign buttons. Washington did not campaign for president. It was seen as being unseemly. Right. We don't have campaign buttons as we would think of it until the 1890s. And George Washington certainly would not have had campaign materials of that kind. No. So that's ex an example of the history-ish Right, exactly. of this movie. But those campaign buttons are important. Yes. Why didn't they pick something real, though? I don't know. They wanted to tie it to the era of the founders. I don't know. It could have been, like, George Washington's coat buttons. That's kind of weird. I know. And but... also less easy to identify. <laughs> yes. And then for her display, she's just got, like, a frame of buttons. <laughs> I would be into it. So she blows them off, is not taking them seriously at all. They're asking to run chemical tests on the Declaration of Independence. And she's like, um, no. They say, oh, yeah, we found this pipe on an 18th century ship. And she's like, cool, show it to me. And they're like, we don't have it anymore because Sean Bean stole it. And then they're like, Sean Bean's going to steal the Declaration of Independence. And she's like... I'm going to tell the FBI. And they're like, yeah, we already told them. They didn't believe us either. So this brings us to the, you know, most famous line of this movie. Well, We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Right, exactly. And so then what Ben does is he sends Abigail a box with the one Washington campaign button she didn't have with a note that says, for the woman who has everything else, thanks for listening. And when the box arrives, what she says to her assistant is, I hope it's not from Stan. Who is Stan? Don't know. Why did they just throw out this white I think it's name? funny. I think it's funny that, like, he's not white. this is a part of her we world, this, like, annoying dude. Yeah. I picture Stan from The Americans, who is the FBI agent that lives across the street from the titular Americans that are actually Soviet spies, who's kind of a sad sack. So this is why I picture him just, like, the desperate guy, Stan Beeman, like, trying to win her back, because he gets divorced very early on and is okay. living this very miserable life. Well, anyway, so what Diane Kruger doesn't know is that Ben has covered the button in a Lemon juice, a substance that will get on her fingers. Yes. So that's great. That's part of his test here. Oh, right. When he's making his plan to steal the Declaration of Independence. Which brings us to point number two. The heist. The heist. When they're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Well. You have to put in an audio clip of him saying that at least ten times. Maybe that'll be the transition. <laughs> We're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. So at the heist... When he is stealing the Declaration of Independence, and also Sean Bean is there trying to steal the Declaration of Independence, 
It's like at a fancy gala at the National Archives. Right. There's like a heist movie for about 20 minutes in the middle of this movie. And what Ben does is he pretends to be a guest. He wears a tuxedo. He meets up with Abigail. He's taken some of that substance that he put on the button and he's put it on a champagne flute too. So he offers her this glass and he's like, here, have some champagne. And then he's like, I will take this glass for you now. And then he runs away and he uses that to get her fingerprints on a glove. And then he uses that to get into the system and steal the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And Riley's in a van helping him out with the tech stuff. The reason he needed to get the stuff on the button too was that another time when she went to check on it, she would have punched in the codes on the keypad to get in and he can scan it with a black light. So the entire plan was dependent on her not washing her hands between getting the button and going down to check on the declaration. And it worked! It did. I mean, it's a heist movie. It has to. Yeah. So, yeah. They break in. They steal the declaration. Abigail catches them as they're leaving and realizes what is happening. Yes. So she's freaking out. But then she gets kidnapped by Sean Bean. And she thinks she's holding the declaration. Right, but she's holding a duplicate that he bought in the archive store. Right. Precisely for this purpose. Yes. So then they're trying to rescue her. They rescue her, but After she's like... After a car chase through after, the streets of yeah. DC. Yeah. And they rescue her and she's like, oh no, they have the declaration. We have Those to go maniacs. after them. And then, surprise, surprise. Kate is like, ah They have it. I have it here. But they have like some really intense bickering where she's like shouting and like kind of hitting him because they've stolen the declaration and he's telling her to stop. Uh, He gets kind of obnoxious. He's very mean to her. Yeah. Throughout a lot of this movie. He openly shushes her here. And then when she continues to complain to him, he turns to Riley and he's like, she really won't shut her mouth. Yeah. It's very condescending. Yeah. It's very abrasive. So that brings us to point number three, though. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's right. It does. They basically kidnap her along with the Declaration of Independence. Because they can't let her go because she could identify them. Yeah. He had to use his credit card to pay for the two... For the real declaration and the fake one. Yeah. Because he's noticed in the museum gift shop. And so he passes off the real one as... One of the... One of the duplicates duplicates. and then buys another duplicate. Right. So he has to, like, pay for those and he uses a credit card so the FBI are onto them. Right. So they they can't go to his apartment. Right. They have to go to his dad's house. Patrick Henry Gates. Because they real... I don't remember when they figure out that this is the clue, but they need the silence do-good letters. It's from the poem that they find with the The pipe pipe. on Charlotte. Yeah. It says the key in silence undetected. Silence is capitalized because it's a name. So they have to go to his dad's house to read the silence do good letters to... It's in Philadelphia because we got to hop through cities of American history. Yes, you get two, three. Well, we go D.C., Philly, New York, and then kind of Boston at the end. Oh, kind of. But Boston gets kind of shafted in this movie. Yeah. There's nothing important in Boston. Boston gets enough movies set there about American history. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, So they go there. They knock on the door. John Voight answers the door. And the first thing he says is, is she pregnant? Because apparently that seems to be something that would potentially happen, I guess. Yeah. And Ben's response is... If she is, are you going to leave the woman carrying your grandchild out in the cold? Clearly they have a rocky relationship. It's not great. Maybe that's the real Gates family legacy. Sons who disappoint their fathers. Yeah, because Patrick Henry Gates disappointed his father by not wanting to chase the treasure. Right, Christopher Plummer died sad. Aww. Anyway, so they're trying to uncover the clues on the back of the declaration, and John Voight suggests throwing it in the oven because he's like, you need heat to get it out. And their chemical tests originally don't work, and he's like, you need heat. And so then Ben and Abigail get in really close to the declaration, and they blow on it. They lean in so close. They lean in so close to each other, almost touching, and they blow. It's very uncomfortable. They're, like, eyeing each other the whole time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, They're able to find the information, and they're like, cool, it's another clue. Keep going. Yes. And so then they go to Urban Outfitters. Because they're still in their formal wear, 
and his dad has donated. By the way, her dress is phenomenal. It's great. But his dad has donated the Silent Stugood letters to the Franklin Institute. The Franklin Institute, which makes sense because I don't really know why this random guy owns the Silent Stugood letters. Because they mention it. One of, I think his dad yeah. discovered them in a desk of the Hartford Current, which is the newspaper to which they were sent. Okay. So he like found them there while working there or doing research or something and yeah. just took them. That's weird. So they're donated, so they have to go to the museum. And while Riley is dealing with all that, Paige and Kruger go shopping. Yeah, they go to get changed, and they're in side-by-side changing cubicles, which is unusual. Yes, and they're like saloon door cubicles. Right. So the feet and the heads are still visible. And Abigail asks, like, why did your dad ask immediately if I was pregnant? And he says that his dad thought he's been too cavalier in his love life. Yeah. They get into some weirdly personal information for a scene where... They do not know each other well. They don't know each other, and all he's done is yell at her. Right. And he's like, have you ever told someone, not a relative, I love you? And she's like, yeah. And he goes, more than one someone? And she goes, yeah. And he says, my father would say you've been a little too cavalier in your personal life. Sounds like something John Voight would actually believe. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, again, they don't know each other. This is the day after... It's less than 12 hours, probably, after the incident at the archives yeah and so they're bonding emotionally and by the time they leave she seems to be like all in on the she's plan. like great and then they get out to get changed and they discover an important clue that's revealed by the back of a hundred dollar bill which doesn't really make sense because all the clues they talk about on money don't really make sense because <laughs> that model of money is from the 20th century well he says it's based off of a painting yes but like all the uh, other symbols they're like the founding yeah. fathers put these symbols on our money so we would find that it's like no they didn't yeah that uh, yeah this I movie puts true. a lot on money it does um anyway uh, yeah i also was thinking that but for this clue specifically he mentions that it's based off of a painting that's yes. from that era that one does work but yeah all the other ones in general in history ish yeah still fun still fun it's a fun movie yeah all right point number four i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence now they've solved the philadelphia clues at independence hall and they go on to new york and that's where they run into the fbi and also sean bean and ben gets kidnapped bum, bum, no ben doesn't get kidnapped well everybody gets kind of kidnapped he gets arrested well, Ben gets arrested, and then he runs away from being arrested to work with Sean Bean. Yes. And then okay. he's, like, kind of a prisoner, yeah, and he's with Sean Bean. There. Yeah, so now everyone is kidnapped by Sean Bean. Right. And Abigail pretends to be dating him. Like, at first I thought it was just the henchman being like, oh, yeah, it's your girlfriend. But then over the phone, which is clearly being monitored, she's like, hey, honey, how's it going? I thought that was just, like, her being weird. This was so confusing I me. think it's a cover that they're using. I think she's using it in part to establish, like, who the heck she is. Yeah. Rather than explain like i'm this weird museum person who got roped into this and is cool with it right i think it is a cover that she's actually using they could have flushed that out a little better because i was fleshing out the romance is not the goal of this movie very very true this is very apparent more than any movie that we've covered this is a movie that could have done without romance oh yeah you could have all the same characters yeah they could have just they could have just high-fived at the end yeah instead they don't yeah Then they go into Trinity Church, which is the site of the next clue. Trinity Church, weirdly, is empty. Yeah, not a single person. A major tourist spot slash working church. Right, and they have, like, openly carrying guns inside the church. Wild. Did they shut it down? Like, did they... They shot on location. No, I mean, like, did Sean Bean, like, pay to have everyone gone or something? Maybe. He's fabulously wealthy. Yeah, why does he... He seems to be really rich. Why does he need more? It's the rush. 
I guess. Um, yeah, they're in the church and they figure out that they need to break into this random guy's tomb. The tomb of Parkington Lane. Parkington Lane, Lane yes. Parkington Lane, I'm sure, is friends with Paddington Bear. You're so right. Paddington Bear. Oh my god. So they go down into the tunnel, and yes. everybody's going down into the creepy tunnel behind the tomb. Nicholas Cage is, like, shooing people through, and Abigail's going to be one of the last... She's going to be second to last through. She walks past him, and Ben grabs her as she passes, and he goes, Come here! And then he kisses her full on the face! It makes no sense! There's been barely any flirting. It's still less than 24 hours since he went into the gala. Yeah, it's gross. I do not like it. She's it's so much. It. It's not like in the movie she's not into it that it's creepy, but it just makes no sense. It's so much. It's just Come here. so much. She looks at him afterwards, her like eyelids are fluttering. Yeah. <laughs> and then Oh my god. Sean Bean's muscle who's closing out the rear, is like, why does that never happen to me? Which I assume he means Nicolas Cage grabbing him and kissing him. I, it's the only thing you can assume. And so honestly, it's kind of rude then that Ben doesn't do that to him too. Yeah, that is rude. Come on, Ben. Yeah, be better. Be best. Yeah, I just wrote, this is BS in my notes. Is that BS for Book of Secrets? <laughs> NTBS. This is, B- this is BS. This is Book of Secrets. <laughs> That's what's on page 47. It's just a picture of that scene. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. So then there's a yeah. big set piece in the tunnel where there's this spiral staircase going around and it starts to collapse. Collapsing. They have and, to rescue each other. Yeah, they have to rescue each other. She pulls him up and then the Declaration of Independence is falling. So he drops her in order to grab the Declaration. And then when they're both safe back, he apologizes for dropping her. And she says, it's okay. I would have done the same. History nerds, man. Yeah. I don't think i would have done the same because like human lives but at the same time the plan worked it did work and it was also pretty apparent that it would work because my first thought was why didn't you drop her the first time they swung over it yeah because she is not far from the right that's true (laughs) not far from the land um but so now they've agreed that while they had their come here kiss they're also willing to drop each other over historical documents right priorities yep so then they find the treasure! Hooray! Yay! Ben's family Vindication. is vindicated. And they don't go to jail. Yes, Sean Bean goes to jail. He does not die. That's right, Sean Bean lives. Yes. Good for Sean Bean. One of very few movies. Yeah. All right, and that takes us to our final scene, our finale. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Out oh. of doors. Yes, so we cut to them walking through a beautiful landscaped park with their friend Riley. Yay, Riley! They're holding hands. Riley's complaining about how they didn't get enough money out of it. And then Riley goes, what do you care about money? You got the girl. It's so gross. And then he drives off in his new Ferrari. Because ha ha ha, they are all fabulously wealthy now. He drives across Ben's lawn, which I appreciate. Yeah, and they live in this old mansion. And he's like, oh, the reason I bought this is because in 1812. Charles Carroll did something in Riley's life. Forget it. I'm leaving. So, yes. And then they kiss. And then she says, I have a surprise for you. And she gives him a treasure map. And it's clearly implied that, as Will said, it is a treasure map straight to her vagina yeah she's like it's a treasure map but he's like what to and she's like you'll figure it out and she starts like jogging into the house and looking back yeah and he runs after her it's like yeah they're they're going to bone town yep they're going straight to bone town and that is the end of the movie (laughs) and that's the romance of national treasure all right what do you think mark is ben and abigail's relationship believable you mean this under 24 hour relationship where they go from yelling at each other to kissing without anything in the middle yeah no i'm gonna go with no really yeah I'm not really on board. Okay, I think that's fair. 
It does not make a ton of sense. Are you, what do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think it makes any sense. Okay. Howard and Beverly are better built up than this. Yeah, every movie we've covered has a better built up romance. So where are you going to rate it? I mean, I'm not going to put it at a zero because, like, they are two humans. <laughs> um, I think this is a, a, but it's a one. A, a one. Yeah. This is a one. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Oh, <sighs> man. Okay, this but is... it's... If you did have to date one person in the movie, who would it be? Well, oh, sorry. Are first they of, dateable? Are they dateable? No. 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 Neither of them. Abigail, you would think would be dateable, but the end of this movie convinces me that she's a crazy lady. <laughs> Abigail in her office in the first time you see her, probably fine. Yeah. But maybe there was like something in the air deep below New York that like messed with her brain. <laughs> maybe. God, it's crazy. So who would you date if you had to date someone? Riley. Yeah, Riley. Riley's fun. He's fun. He's a good dude. Yeah. Great little performance. Yeah. All right. right. So uh, that about does it. That's National Treasure, a movie that I like. Yeah. It's a fun movie. movie. There's just no romance. There's no romance. Well, the problem is that there is romance. There should be no romance. Yeah. There should either be none or develop it more. And they decide to have it, but don't do any of the work. Yeah. They try and have their cake and eat it too. The movie would work fine without it. Not work. It's doing nothing for the story. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, they should get rid of it and flesh out the father son relationship more. Yeah. Or the Riley Ben relationship. Yeah. Give more time to Riley. Yeah. He does not get enough time. But, yeah, I think we've covered it. Yeah, it gets a one. Yeah, it gets a one. Next week, we've been inspired by the film Set It Up. Wow, we talked about that like a whole half hour ago. (laughs) Yeah, we just recorded that episode right before this one. So we decided we're going to watch the Nancy Myers classic, The Parent Trap. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. In the spirit of Set It Up, that's another movie with terrific music throughout. I can't wait. I haven't seen this movie in years. What have you been doing with your life? I mean, lots of other things. The Parent Trap is a masterpiece. I think I've watched National Treasure three times in the past, like, five years. So That's a great choice. Clearly, I've been spending too much time on that. There was a really great AV Club essay about two years ago saying that, like, what we need is more movies like National Treasure. And I agree. Yeah. Just, like, fun, whole family blockbuster adventures. Yeah, that aren't superhero-based. Yeah. So that'll be next week. And in the meantime, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe and talk to us online at Facebook and Twitter at Heart of Podness. And of course, keep sending us those hashtag podcast summer stories on Twitter. Tell us about getting someone you know to listen to the show. You could tell them this one. Be like, hey, it's a short one on a movie you've seen. Yeah. This episode's pretty short, isn't it? Yeah. You can always email us questions or movie suggestions at heartofpodness at gmail.com. And of course, our last question, what is the best dating advice you got from this movie, Mark? I literally can't answer this question. There's no advice that you can take because there's no romance. Well, I have advice for people who want to date me, which is mail me historical campaign buttons because I love them. I've got a bulletin board full of them and I would be happy to have more and I'll go on a date with you. There you go. Until next time, I'm gay. And I'm a ginger. So between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Bye. Bye. Come over here. Come